0: Oops. Pugs and alarms. Bazaar. Salutations and greetings. Once again, the smartest man in the world, Proofcast, takes to the evening here. From the upstairs salubrious confines, we've moved on up. We used to be in the bar here at the Soho Theater in the Soho downstairs. Now we're in the actual Soho Theater here in Soho, right here in the fabulous city of Londinium. Hooray! In here in London the temperatures are absolutely ball snapping fucking cold My donuts have sought refuge in an internal organ they have no business being in while a horrible whipping wind goes up my trouser legs and I cry bitter tears of pain while a small child in an arsenal Jersey fucking laughs at me. It's nippy-nippy uh, it's new hair, but it stopped raining, thank fuck. I was here at the beginning of the week when England takes on that unbelievable quality where it just never stops raining. It's just an eternal pish. You know what I mean? It's not that it's raining so hard. It's not like Equatorial Africa or Jamaica or Florida or a place where, like, you know, Alabama where all of a sudden the sky opens up and then it stops ten minutes later and then a bird chirps and you're given fried food. It's more like an unrelenting horror bone-chilling fucking Radio 4 listening to the Archer's fucking endless rain, that just, yeah, you fucking heard me. Where you're just like, oh, my hand can't close. I feel like a vampire, there's so much moisture in the air. My arthritis, I don't have arthritis but London's making me feel like I have arthritis and then you go outside and there's no fucking cabs, and there's no, and you get in the tube and it's like being in a steaming dog kennel or whatever. <laughs> Everyone's just wet and everything they're wearing is exuding fucking moisture from every orifice of their body and people are coughing like there's a, a diphtheria festival going on or something. You get in the tube and the first thing someone does next to you is go bleh, bleh, <laughs> 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 You're like, do you mind putting your daily mail in front of your face for a second? <laughs> I'm trying to read Grazzi. <laughs> I've got like highlighters and bookmarks and whatnot. Uh, yeah, we were on the tube the other day. It wasn't raining, I have to say. We were on the tube yesterday. We went to the Whitechapel Gallery. And because uh, I'm, as you know, I'm enormously curious about the arts, uh, particularly people that can do them. Uh, <laughs> I could never do what they call plastic art, uh, I can only talk, um, but if I could do plastic art I would, but I can't. I mean, I tried it when I was little, and you know when your mother thinks you're good, that's when you know that's the moment when you oughtn't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm almost certain that Keenholds or, 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 or um, Lucian Freud's mother never went to them, ooh that's good, let me put it on the refrigerator. <laughs> You know what I mean? I can't imagine Rembrandt's mother going <laughs> 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 and him with a little hat on.
1: <laughs>
0: I think you know when you're a great artist. Uh. But the tube station was right next so He gets on the tube and like, why is it always the same? Like in every city you go and whenever you take the subway or the underground or whatever the fuck, they, if you're in Chicago, it's the L. Uh, if you're in Philly, it's like the don't fucking get on there. Um, <laughs> And uh, what is it in France? Uh, the, the, le Metro. That makes it sound so sexy and exciting. Like there's going to be food and coffee and shit like that downstairs. I'm going on Le Metro. I don't speak that much French. I think I've discussed this before on the show. I took French for several years. I can do two things in French I can order um, a beer. And I can count from one to ten, so I'm invaluable in those situations <laughs> where you're ordering from one to ten beers. So, say you were ordering um, four beers. You'd go, uh, uh, je voudrais, um... Okay, say you were ordering two beers. <laughs> what am I, Diderot? I'm not a genius.
1: <laughs> what am
0: I, Racine? So, uh, uh, we get on the tube, and of course, there's a dude standing on the platform walking up and down to people, going, who needs a car wash?
1: <laughs>
0: like, bro-hame. Let me explain a couple of simple precepts here before the train ride gets underway and we all get on together. If I had a car, I wouldn't be on the fucking tube on the district line. Uh, and two, stop it. Because he had, uh, because everyone who acts freaky on the tube, ha- not, it's not that they have a physical, it was, he looked like this.
1: Who wants the Who wants the Who wants the even, if,
0: even if I needed a car wash and I, and I had my car with me down here in the district line, uh, you wouldn't be the person I would entrust. <laughs> One eye is looking towards Saturn, the other eye is looking toward Archimedes. I really, I don't have any idea. The heavens are covered, that's all I know. You've got one eye staring at Betelgeuse and the other staring at the Antipodes and it's all fucked up. So we try to hide from him, then we get in the car, and of course he gets in the same fucking car. And now he's working the car, right? He's asking people in the tube who are sitting, trying to fucking read and you're like oh I really think you're going to come up with no takers there's a dude on the other side and he's elected himself mayor of the fucking district line why is there always one of these is is greeter a position on the tube? I don't need a greeter I'm just trying to get from one place to another with a minimum of bullshit and maybe eat a fucking Cadbury bar from the overpriced shitty machine that never works you know what I mean I'm not trying to fucking live anybody's life and shit. This dude's got a baseball cap. He's fat. He has a sweatshirt on, the long coat, tennis shoes, unspeakable trousers, right? It's someone, I heard a woman in the crowd go,
1: oh. Yeah.
0: If you're a woman and you live in London, you've seen him every day of your life. Remember that time you went to Kennish Town because you thought you'd go to the osteopath there and that dude was standing in front the whole fucking time when you went in and when you came out and he's like, do you take your clothes off when you go? Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, we're on the tube and he's on the tube and he's going to people, where are you going? What stop are you getting off at? Like, "Mm -mm I mm-mm. You know what stop I'm getting off at? Ad infinitum, never, is what I'm getting off. I'm getting off at at Antares. How's that grab you? It's a star cluster and you're not getting off there. I'm transmogrifying myself into fucking dust like matter so that I never have to look at you or speak. So he's working the whole fucking car. And of course, one other guy and him start to relate, right? Now they're having a fucking top of their voice conversation. The other dude, and I don't want to characterize people in general or make stereotypical remarks and shit like that. He was a fucking skinhead, right? So he, his hair, but he wasn't a full on skinhead. He was like a skinhead who couldn't commit to the whole program. So maybe he hated Catholics, but not all Pakistanis. You know, I don't know. I don't know where they, when they take a vow, who they're supposed to hate or whatever. He had like half-assed skinhead here, and then the fucking kind of icky, you know, like sports mullet on top or whatever. And he was with a woman, and God fucking help us. Um, exactly. I always look at the woman and look at the guy and think, oh, really? Later, his genitalia inside you? And that's just... There really is no justice and no God. You know what I mean? You look at that situation and you go, Really? Faith? Faith isn't covering this fucking area here. The skinhead guy later is going to be sitting on top of her head and that's just a So, Why do you go there? Why do I go on the district line? Is a question that I should ask myself. So this fucking guy, the mayor, is talking to everybody. Then that fucking skinhead guy and his girlfriend, you know, oh, he, he had choice morsels. Uh, oh, fuck, he can't stand Chelsea because it's are so full of fucking foreigners, isn't it? Ah, ah! Ah! Oh, my God, you're a laugh a fucking minute. If there was only a pub in this car, we could really get it going. Because um, I would stand around for you, mate, with the baseball hat and the scanty bathing schedule. <laughs> So he, uh, the skinhead gets off with his girlfriend, or whoever she was, and uh, his indentured servant, or his bride that he bought online. And so they <laughs> get offline, and the guy's are like, Yeah, I'm a bit of a fucking too oh, he, 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 he. You know, and uh, a yeah. the, the woman's left her gloves, and of course he finds them. And, and the woman said something to him as she left, like, Yeah, that was, thanks for the entertainment. It was really fucking savage fun. And, um, and she, he grabs the glove and he's waving them out the fucking car door, right? Of the tube, and she comes running back, and he goes, Before you, and he does one of those, like, you know, give us a kiss, give us a smile, fucking, yeah, the thing that men do that is just fucking untoward as fuck. If men yell at women, nice tits, or what? I like your ass, or fucker I did, or any of the nonsense that men yell at women, women are fucking used to it. It's the, come on. And I think women really, at that point, if they were armed and had a bazooka in their eyeglasses, they would just go, reduce you to fucking rubble, because why do men fucking do that? Come on, smile. Really? When I'm looking at you? Fat, unbathed guy with the horrible, unspeakable trousers. This is to make me smile? I don't know, why don't you bring out a Fabergé egg or some chocolate or something? Yeah, bring out some caviar, then we can talk about me smiling. Uh, so he gives her the gloves, and uh, I'm like, really? District my dick. You're on my wick, I said, District Lundin. Why are you on my wick? And they had a poem in the, uh, 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 in the tube, and that's what distinguishes England from other countries. Because you were brushed by civilization so late in the game. Because, stay with me. Oh, no, no, no. When you were painting yourselves blue and worshiping wood and shit like that, it was impressive. China had gunpowder and paper money. And eyeglasses and checks. You could write a check in China and cash in another part of China. You guys are painted blue. Fucking look look a stick! People were named to Egbert and shit like that. (laughs) Then finally the Romans came and and taught you like, you, you should make the roads flat and they should go on a straight line from one place to another, not curve around every snail path that every fucking junked-up druid on mushrooms has wandered down for the last 400 millennia so that the street goes like that in a backward Mobius infinite curlicue that makes no fucking sense. Oh, you just know where it is. Uh... Because you got civilization late, you embrace it. And that's what makes you awesome. Uh, Other countries that got civilization early don't embrace it quite as fervently as you might have noticed. And other countries that got civilization even later, I speak of my own festive nation, the United Snakes of America. Uh, We don't really hold on to civilization. We're defiantly proud of our ignorance. Let me put it that way. If you come to America, you'll fucking love it, for one thing. Don't believe what you've seen on TV and shit. Because I have English people say shit to me like, well, everyone's fat and they all have a gun. And It's like, yeah, we do. But there's a reason for that. (laughs) The french fries are awesome and plentiful. And you can supersize almost anywhere you go. And secondly, shit's happening, so you need to be armed. You guys do plenty well beating each other with sticks and burying people up to their heads when they don't know they're being buried and stuff. So you do fine uh, with the violence. But uh, we would never have poetry on the train. Uh, Not on the wall of the train, at least, but in England, here in London, there was a poem up on the wall, and it was by Andrew Salkey, and if you remember Andrew Salkey, he died in the 90s, he was a a Caribbean poet, I think he was born in Panama, moved to Jamaica, used to hold down basically the BBC World Service Caribbean Hour and introduce many authors uh, to this country. Uh, I'm going to read it in patois, and I hope you forgive me. Much like... (laughs) Several years back, I went to see Roxy and Mizek uh, uh, at the Greek theater in Los Angeles, which is not Greek. Uh, no Spanakopita is served. Uh, the economy was booming. And uh, joking, of course. There was no philosophy. No young men were mentoring young boys. There was nothing Greek going on. It's called the Greek theater because it's an M a theatre, and uh, so we went to see Roxy Music, and you know, Roxy Music's so, right, so outré, so classy, so louche, so fucking, you know, art school, 1972, and so, and all of them are there, right, except Eno, obviously, he's fucked off ages ago, but, uh, and they're all, and Chris Spedding, which was exciting to me beyond all measure, because he's one of my favorite guitar players, and and they're all fat, except Brian. And Brian is wearing, like, a silver lame suit, right? And they come up, yeah, they come out. The people sitting next to us weigh approximately 450 pounds each. And they're wearing Roxy Music on Tour t-shirts. Which I think really speaks to the heart of Roxy Music. When I think of the album cover with the woman, like, with a fucking panther on a leash, I think of two fat people with popcorn. In any case, they, they were deep fans. And they came out and they did Street Life first. And uh, the crowd went wild. And then uh, Brian Ferry goes, Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, we're rocks music. And the place goes really, and uh, <laughs> awesome, right? And uh, Brian Ferry dances like, th- I, if I've done this before. I,
1: I feel like I have. They, they did you, uh, what's that? Out of the blue? Uh, oh no! no. Oh. <laughs>
0: They get to to the encore, uh, 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 or as we call in L.A., the last song, and um, I did uh, uh, Love is the Drug, right? And everybody loves Love is the Drug. It's a really groovy song. It's popular. But if anyone's ever noticed, much like Sting throughout his whole career, and I make no excuses for Sting because he's inexcusable, uh, is is, uh, Brian sings it in a fake kind of island patois, I guess to add mood and groove to the song, cause it's got like little drums and shit in it and whatnot. So if you'll bear with me, like I bore with Brian Ferry, when he went, Taint no big thing. Wait for the bell to ring. Taint, taint. No big thing. The toll of the bell. You're like, one, you're from Newcastle. Two, you, 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 I bet you guys weren't wearing coats tonight. If you were in Newcastle, you'd be a pussy. On your way to get a crispy duck, no coat checks. That's what I used to love about Newcastle. It'd be fucking freezing. People in fucking slut skirts and fucking guys in wife beaters and shit. Fucking snow pouring. I'm in the corner with my fucking pink furry hat on and my muck and whatever. I've got my fucking rainbow bright Ugg boots on and shit. It's all wet. can't <laughs> no day for the bells to me. If you'll pardon my patois, uh, which is the name of my third album, by the way. <laughs> Greg Proops. Pardon my patron. Live from Montego Bay. <laughs> uh, Andrew Salkey wrote this poem, and it was in the tube the other day. It's called A Song for England. And so de rain a fall. And so de snow a rain. And so the fog a fall. And so de sun a fail. And so de seasons mix. And so the bag of tricks. But I uh, saw me understand the misery of the Englishman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think my favorite line in it, besides the rain a fall and the snow or rain, is de fog a fall. Because the fog does fucking fall here. In other countries, it drifts in. In San Francisco, as Herb Kane, our immortal columnist, once said, in San Francisco, about 3.30 in the afternoon, the fog creeps in on little cat's feet. It
1: sure does, quick.
0: Shut it, you drunk pussy. In London, defog a fall. All of a sudden you're like, fuck. The back of my spine is cold. How did the back of my spine get cold? I'm in a car! You wanna wash? You wanna wash? No, I'm good. I don't wanna wash. Ah, uh, yeah, tube dick. Get off my dick. Uh, we take questions here on the show, and we're going to do questions later on the show and shit like that. But uh, if you want to um, email me, uh, it's a and ask me a question, or poke or prod me, or cajole me in any way, or pose me a query. <laughs> um, smartest at a if you want to email me and just uh, uh, talk to me, it's fanmailforgreg at gmail.com. I would never tell you what to write uh, for, uh, to me at fanmailforgreg at gmail.com, but a lot of people ask questions that I think might be better posed to the smartest at thing, because people like, ask this open-end question, I like oxygen, I'd like your thoughts on that. <laughs> and then my favorite one in an email I got today was, feel free to riff on this. <laughs> I'm sitting at my computer. Can't you wait till we're all together and then I'll riff on it? I'm going to riff to you on the email. Okay. But uh, thank you. For, and, and for everybody who haven't answered yet, I will. I'll get to you. It, it takes a while sometimes. Maybe I'll do it on the plane.
1: Yeah.
0: No. But I'll do it next week. I'm in Indiana next week, so I'll fucking do it there.
1: <laughs>
0: Indiana wants me. Lord, I can't go back there. Indiana wants me, Lord I can't go back, nobody, just me, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm about to you to talk to, he, he commits a murder and he can't go back to Indiana, and then at the end the police come on, on the 45 of Indiana wants me by Ardeen Taylor and go, this is the police, come out with your hands up. I don't know how they got the participation of the Indiana police on that record. I don't know how 10CC got fucking Sergeant Baker to fucking talk with a bullhorn in his hand. It's a mystery. It's perpetual. You know, speaking of 10CC, I was reading an article about them the other day. If anyone remembers fucking 10CC. They were so enormously huge in the 70s. And my wife was reading Uncut Magazine because it was the Rolling Stones issue. And uh, there was an interview with 10CC. And like, I thought 10CC was okay. I liked them and shit. I mean, I'm from then, right? So I remember them. I remember them first time around. I didn't have to watch them ironically on videos. Uh, I remember them from the AM radio in 1975. And uh, uh, mind you, I was but a child. I could barely reach the dial. Uh, my webbed fingers straining to grin purchase on the AM radio dial. The batteries running out because we'd been fighting that eternal war in Vietnam and we'd almost won and brought freedom to them. And... <laughs> Pick and choose your moments, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think you'll find when I'm talking, uh, I'm towards something funny. So, uh, uh, 10CC was on, and I remember Rubber Bullets, and, and of course, I'm Not In Love, which I think might be the biggest pussy rock song of all time. There's a, there's a whole subgenre of rock where the guy's not going to get laid, and he's making a big fucking point out of it. The Beatles, of course, did a I don't want to spoil the party, so I'll go. (laughs) I would hate my disappointment to show. Are you the dude in the corner crying? (laughs) I still love her. (laughs) Fucking shake it off, bro. (laughs) That's where the Stones come in. I mean, the Beatles, how many times they say I love you? All the fucking time. Uh, They said, uh, all you need is love. Say the word and you'll be free. Say the word and be like me. Say the word I'm thinking of. Have you heard the word is love? They never fucking stopped. Everything was love, love, love. The (laughs) Stones... Hatred, pain, anger, being high, hating on people. That seemed to be the Stones. We were listening to one the other day, Angie. And he goes, Angie, I still love you, baby. And that's it. That's as close to I love you, I think, as any... Oh, no, we love you, Right? The Stones say "We love you" in one song, which is much different than "I love you." It's more of a gang threat, really. <laughs> we love you, right? This is not like "I love you." Uh, and they don't—they don't ever. In fact, it's what. a uh, Look at that stupid girl. That's where they're coming from. Um, wonderful lines like, um, "What is it?" Um, what, what, "White girls, something." I hate them on the telephone and she You know, like people give me all your women want their silver. There's a there's a running through line in stone songs where women are demanding the stones silver and gold. Why are the stones dealing like pirates? In outmoded currency, one asks oneself. Uh, but they, uh, they rarely ask for your love. And I, um, if I can remember where I was going with this, I will die a fucking happy person. I'm sure I will. Uh, I'm sure I will. Um, so the, uh, uh, this 10CC article they did I'm Not In Love, right? And if you know I'm Not In Love, right, it has like five million overdubs and it takes a year and it fucking has no beat. <laughs> the thing that distinguishes 10CC from other groups from the 70s, and this is what one of the 10CC members said, and I can't remember which one it was, Godly or Kramer, Stewart or whatever the fuck they are. One of them went, I can't believe we're not more, you know, we don't get recognized as much. I mean, there's Queen and David Bowie and Roxy Music, and how come we're not included in that? And it's like because you weren't Queen or David Bowie or Roxy. David Bowie made you want to get up and do a fucking line off the top of the stereo and then try to fuck someone in a phone booth or something. Roxy Music made you want to put on your highest boots and kick someone's ass and shit. Even Queen, I saw Queen when I was in high school, even Queen fucking rocked in between doing the opera and shit like that. 10cc, if your song goes,
1: not love,
0: Maybe that's why you weren't influential. You sounded like someone in the hallway who was lost. Queen wasn't lost. Queen said, we will, we will rock you. We've got blood on your face, big disgrace. And then I I believe one of the lines is, kicking your can all over the place. It made no sense, just fucking go with it. I keep your picture upon the wall. Oh, it's a nasty stain. It's drying there. Yuck! 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 Ten CC. Why is it hiding a nasty stain? Couldn't you have just kept her picture upon your wall because you're sad and got a kind of a half-assed boner or whatever, and you're all alone and you're wearing a jumper with a hole in it? And your mom's calling you up to tea and shit because she just boiled an egg for you. Fucking get real, Ten CC. I know where you're coming from. Your refrigerator doesn't work, and there's nothing good in it anyway. That's where that song's coming from. So don't expect me to give it back. I don't... It's been covering a nasty stain. I don't want it back. And you didn't say what the nature of the stain was. Whether it was chocolate or organic, or it came out of you, okay? 10 cc. And which one of these 10? Fucking dicks. Why weren't we more influential? Because the song has no beat at all. It just drifts along. And then there's the weird part in the middle that like it's a bad Beatles song. Boom 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 boom. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. Big boys don't quiet. wearing a clothespin on your knob right now, are you? I'm getting a self-flagellation vibe super hard off this song. I'm getting someone's got a pillow stuffed in their mouth and a plastic bag over their head. No, big boys don't cry. They fucking... The Stones said it best. We're gonna come around at 12 with some Puerto Rican girls that's just dying to meet you. And did you ever notice the Stones never go to New York City? They only go to New York City. Which is a small city outside of New York. It's much more exciting than New York. There's no chain restaurants at all. In New York City, you'll find there's a TGI Friday and a Houlihan and a fucking McDonald's and a Burger King and shit. In New York City, there's fucking Puerto Rican girls that are dying to make chow. The Stones also never said the word you ever in any of their songs. It's always chow. New York was cold (laughs) and damp. Although, I have to say, we were watching a bunch of the Stones videos this week. The Mick mix outfits are inexcusable over the years. Charlie Watts, go back and watch every Stones video. Charlie Watts is in something tasty. In every video from the 60s on. Sometimes charcoal grey, sometimes with a white polo neck and shit. Oh yeah. And then in the the 70s, during the black and blue, when they were kind of at the nadir of their shittiness, Uh, Well, um, dirty work. I think it might be the 85 might be really the nader, but 75 was a low point Charlie's got his head fucking shaved on the cover wearing a suit going like this (laughs) So looks like the natives of Easter Island erected him on that album cover With fucking pulleys and ropes and shit like that And guava leaves or whatever And that one looks, he looks good always. His suits are awesome but there's a Mick period where he wears a New York Jets jersey and fucking harem like uh, like footsie pants with knee pads. That's a fucking shocking period. That's that horrible movie. Let's spend the night together. Eighty, eighty one. The Jovan Musk tour. If anybody remembers that one, he's wearing a New York Jets jersey and he gets in a cherry picker and he's like, don't be in a cherry picker. You know what a cherry picker is, right? The thing. It's not inside a human who picks cherries It's inside a A contraption You need a cherry picker wash -wash?" No, it's clean It's clean, mix in it I've been holding out for long I've been waiting on the sound I'm going to kiss you Uh, So, you know what, Ten CC, next time Next life, baby They don't even speak to each other now. That was the saddest part of the article. They don't even fucking talk and you're like, well then why are you complaining about your legacy and shit? Even Queen reformed with whoever the fuck it was they reformed with. Was it George Michael? Didn't someone sing lead for them for for a couple minutes? When I saw them, they were groovy, because Freddie had a little shorty mic stand that he carried in his hand and shit, and he was wearing what can only be described as a Harlequin outfit. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't full on Leo Sayer embarrassing, but it was good. <laughs> he had a huge basket, yeah, and Brian May had all the fucking hair in chemo kimono and shit, and all the songs started with <laughs> That's all their songs started. And then every Brian May lead goes, <laughs> like that, that's all he's, In any case, uh, we have questions here, and I'm going to read a couple of them before we start the show. Um, People write me, and they write, and I don't read this beforehand, uh, but... um, uh, Did I mention that the guy with the car wash thing, um, when he got on the tube, took a banana out of somewhere? (laughs) And ate it, the whole banana, and then I didn't see what he did with the fucking banana peel? I couldn't. I watched, I, you know, he fucking took out a banana and fucking you know, dodged around the car eating the banana. I was like, really? Fruit? Couldn't it have been a Bickey or something small? Or a Tic Tac? I don't know. Really? You have to eat the fruit with your fucking eye looking at me? Sometimes. It was weird. Uh, banana, psycho, car wash, dude. Dear Grey Poupon. Yeah. Yes, people write funny names. Uh, from Milan. This is from Milan. Milan? Milan. It's someone's name. If you're named Milan, are you Milan or are you Milan? And why aren't you Milano? Milan writes, Dear Grey Poupon. What song would you like to have people remember you by? Oh. Well, many songs. Ed, comma. And, do you need a comma there? <laughs> like Vampire Weekend, I don't give a fuck about an Oxford comma. <laughs> what song would you like to have people remember you by? And, what song will people probably actually remember you by? Okay. I haven't the slightest notion? But, here's a couple of songs I'd like people to remember me by. Um, I've talked about it before on the show, I'm going to talk about it again right now. And it goes like this, it's by Montha and it goes... One two three four. Uh, 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 uh. I lost my six-string razor and hit the scar halfway to Memphis before I realized. Don't uh, 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 uh. no mind information. My axe is cold. <laughs> watch the video. Go to YouTube and watch the video. It's so fucking good. Ariel Bender comes forward and plays the screaming solo, and Ian Dury. <laughs> Ian Dury. Yes, somehow the Blockheads just joined with Martha Hoopal. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Hunter just pushes him away. And it's fucking great. And then in between singing one of the verses goes,
1: hmm,
0: not this fucking good music, is what that is. Uh, I think that one, and uh, um, I think, um, uh, well, here comes Johnny Yen again. Right, that one, that's a good idea. i got a lust for life. What does he say? Uh... uh Well, that's like hypnotizing
1: chickens.
0: (laughs) I've never actually hypnotized. I I beguiled a guinea fowl once. I I enchanted a pheasant once in the countryside. I really did. I was in. I looked at it, and the the pheasant looked at me with like stars in its eyes—a swirling vortex of stars spinning—and I was like, pheasant. I've never hypnotized a chicken. Of course, I've had it in the ear before. Um, I, I like a lot of the Ramones songs. I particularly like uh, uh, um, how is it? Jackie is a punk, Judy is a runt. Because in the song, Jackie is a punk, Judy is a runt, by the Ramones, they go, second verse, same as the first, Jackie is a punk, Judy is a runt, like that. And then fantastically, third verse, different from the first. <laughs> Always announce, always announce what you're going to do. And The Time, uh, I love the group The Time, and The Time, often, thank you, would say, Morris Day would say, band, and the band would go, yeah. If you're in a band, I don't understand why no. doesn't everyone in a band go, band, at one point, and the band go, yeah. If you, what is the purpose of having a band if you can't call them band and have them respond? Is anybody hot? No. You know why? Why? Because we're cool. That's what he says. BAM! And the band goes, yeah. Uh, That one, by the time, is a a cracker. Uh, I like Jungle Love, too. Do you like any songs that are from the recent memory of man? Uh, Sure. I should buy more new records, I really should. I think by telling you that I was reading a 10cc article in Uncut, I think you got an idea about what age I'm coming in at here. I don't wear a sweater and I don't repair my own water heater, so I want you to know that about me. And I'm not having a midlife crisis I'm not going to buy a Porsche and start dating a Filipino boy or anything weird. I'm not going to wear a ball gag and start doing a lot of coke or whatever. Uh, which would be difficult to do at the same time, by the way. That's, now that I think about it, that's a shitty plan. Dating a Filipino boy wearing a ball gag and doing a lot of coke is a shitty plan. Mr. Greg, why can't you talk? <laughs> I'm not in love, So don't forget it. It's just a nasty face. I'm going through. Uh I like a lot of those songs. Uh I like Chuck Khan, Con, uh, Con. Chaka Khan, let me rock you, let me rock you. That's fine. That one is a really good song. I like every song by Chaka Khan. Um, I like every song by the Ohio Players and the Gap Band. Um, uh, Paulo, are you still watching the show and participating at all? Will you will you play that one song by the Gap Band that I had you play at the beginning of the show? So it's number number eleven on the on the first CD. You have to put the other CD back in. It's gonna take a second. But I, you asked me what song I'd like to be remembered by, and it's this song, in a minute. <laughs> it's not this song right now.
1: Girl,
0: you me you. <laughs> if you watch Gap Man videos, they're from Oklahoma City, and they wear glitter cowboy outfits. Sometimes camo cowboy outfits. Yeah, it is fucking good. Do yourself a favor. That's all I'm saying. I have other shit to do. I, got, I bought a new record by fucking whatever, and the Skippy and the Llamas and shit. Yeah, I know. I know. I know you did. Do yourself a favor and fucking dig on the gap, man. Uh, what song will people probably... People probably actually... What song will people probably actually... Do you need probably? Do you need actually or probably? What song will people actually remember you by? Or what song will people probably remember you by? What song will people probably actually remember you by? Do you mean virtually totally probably actually remember me by? I love when people say totally or actually all the time. Well, it's actually, you know, no, I'm listening to you. I'm actually here. You don't have to. You don't have to actuate in any way. I am here. Uh, I think that they'll remember me by uh, the theme song of this show as what I or, or horribly and this is too unbelievably awful to even possibly consider. The second theme song from Whose Line Is It Anyway which went <laughs> <laughs> And when we were sitting there listening to it at the top of every show, when they'd play the last part, we we'd all turn to each other and go, cunt. (laughs) Fucking worst song. I don't know who wrote the song to whose line is it anyway, but wow. If you're listening tonight, it was good. I think the theme song to this show, which is um, I can never pronounce it, Yalili Yalili Alein, by John ja Wobble and the Invaders of the Heart. People ask me all the time what the name of it is. I can't fucking pronounce it. I can spell it for you if I have to. Y a no, I can't. Uh, I can actually, virtually, probably, definitely not spell it for you. With Ja Wobble and the Invaders of the Heart. Today. And as you know, Ja Wobble was in uh, Public Enemy Limited, and he's on a tour now, I think, with uh, uh, um, Keith Levine. I think they're doing a double act right now, which has got to be awesome. Um, He's quite clever. He's a bass player, he's sat in a chair. I don't think he ever stood really. Even when you see the PIL videos, he's sitting in a chair. And um, no, I haven't uh, asked him if I could use the song. No, he hasn't approved that I use the song. (laughs) This is a podcast, man. We do what the fuck we want. (laughs) Hey, Hey, fuck you, man. I believe that the Isley Brothers said it best, right? Uh, tried to play my music, This said my music's too loud, right? I got the big run around with all that bullshit going on. time is really wasting there's no guarantee yeah. time is really wasting, we gotta fight the power that be. So my way of fighting the power is to take money from a poor bass player <laughs> who never did anything to me except make me enjoy his music but I've stolen one and I've used it on the show that's my answer to that, thank you, Milan. Uh, oh! No, there's two other songs uh, I'm wrong, I think the song that people will remember me uh, for is from Flower Drum Song and it goes like this I talk on the telephone for hours I enjoy being a girl um, I think that's the one people will remember me for you have to understand the way I am, mine hair. A tiger is a tiger, not a lamb, mine hair. You'll never turn the vinegar to jam, mine hair. So I do, ding, 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 what I do, ding, ding, ding. Uh, no, possibly not. I just thought it'd be funny to, funny to add those ones in it here and then. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Last in the sun's a ball of butter. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? Uh, that's probably the song they'll remember me for. There is no song you remember comedians for, is there? I mean, Bob Hope had a t- Bob Hope had two songs. You know who Bob Hope is, right? And there's a lot of- I don't ask to be patronizing, or as you would correct me meaning, England, I think of fun that's patronizing. Um, uh, young people listen to the show. When I say young people, I mean really young people. When I say young people, I mean really young people. I mean, like, 13, 14-year-old people listen to it in their earbuds or, well, I was going to say while they're at work. Do they really work? (laughs) While they're down in the coal mine, while they're in Guatemala putting our shoes together for us, while they're in Thailand, their last sight failing is the needle once again strikes the Nike t-shirt that we're wearing or whatever. I hope they like what I have done for them. That's how they speak at the moment of at the moment of their expiration. I, I will remember great proofs for once. <laughs> I've been holding out too long. I've been waiting on the phone and gonna miss you. It's just a friend of mine, and he'll come around with two Cambodian girls that are dying to meet you. We're gonna drink a case of sake. You know, we're gonna mess around and fool around (laughs) that (laughs) we. No kittens, no. Bob Hope uh, was a comedian, and uh, he ruled the earth like a giant dinosaur. He played from uh, well, in the 20s, he, was, he, he, was, he did everything except silent film. He did a vaudeville stage, a Broadway stage, he, played, he was born in London, but he moved to America, so he was the most American of comics, excuse me. He did the pictures, he did the radio, he did television for a thousand years. During the Vietnam War, he was quite uh, vocal about his support of the Vietnam War. Having said that, he went to every single war zone for the entirety of his career, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and even the fucking first Gulf War, and entertained the troops all the time. And I've heard stories about him from people who were there with him, who when they would get to the fucking battle zone, he didn't go to the hotel, put his bags down at the airport and went right to the fucking hospital. So, Bob Hope was, uh, had many sides to him, like everyone, he was a complex human being, as well as being uh, an enormous uh, uh, billionaire in California, and a uh, virulent warmonger. Now, <laughs> he did adore the troops, and the troops adored him. And the story I was told is by an actress who went with him, and she took he took her into the award uh, and all the fellows were there with you know wounded beyond recognition and suffering horribly. And she started to cry, and he you know he's telling jokes and he's running around, and he took her aside and he went, "Don't ever fucking cry in front of them. That's not why we're here, right?" So he had a lot of sides to him, but he had two songs, and one went, "Thanks for the memories," which was the blandest most incalculably non-positional song of all time. Like, there's one thing Bob Hope was never going to do, is let you know where he was coming from as a comedian. Right? Bob Hope was one of those mad, fucking wildly popular with everybody. He spent... Five or seven years overseas, only playing to the troops in World War II. When everyone came home from World War II, he was the biggest comic in the fucking world because he had spent so much time uh, developing his audience, right? But he never said if he was a Republican, a Democrat, he knew where he's come from. But he, his big um, phrase, if, if you showed him something or, or something amazing happened, he'd go, Isn't that something? <laughs> well, something is hardly the most descriptive term in the world. Isn't that something? Bob, almost everything is something. <laughs> I think you'll find, unless it's anti-matter, and then it's anti-something. <laughs> and his song went, thanks for the memories, the thing and we did, the places we ate, and the thing you looked at me, and the thing that you said, I'm thank you, whatever. And then he had another one, and it's a, a truly awful Christmas carol that goes, um, see the sidewalks, city sidewalks, dressed in holiday style, silver bells, silver bells. <laughs> 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 It's Christmas time in the city. Hear them ring. Ring-a-ling. Horrible. Horrible. Don't ever put ring in a song if you want me to speak to you. <laughs> However, in the song, it's not, I'm not in love. If he had said, I keep your picture upon my wall, it's hiding a ring that's been drying there. <laughs> I would have liked it better. Dylan writes a question. Really? Greg. I want to know something. I've been listening to your show for a while now. There's something I just don't fucking get, man. How come you're always on Gwyneth Paltrow's ass? She seems nice and she eats organic. She works out a lot and she's married to that band called Plame. Why are you always on her dick, Greg? Well, Dylan... <laughs> it's not that Dylan sadly it would have been great if he'd uh, if he'd um, uh, written me somehow I don't get the feeling Bob Dylan writes a lot of podcasts uh, Dylan ooh comma seven hmm. I presume that's his age I presume it's a boy although there's girls named Dylan right Whoever you are Dylan first of all Dylan's parents.
1: <laughs>
0: You'd let him listen to a show where I say cunt and shit like that? <laughs> Talk about snorting coke with a ball gag in my mouth? <laughs> my kind of parents. <laughs> As I've discussed on the show, my father took me to see The Wild Bunch by Sam Peckinpah when I was ten. So... Discretion was not a characteristic my parents possessed in abundance. <laughs> well, good for you Dylan's parents, uh, being so open-minded. I don't know if you're letting him listen to portions of the show or, or just that you want him to hear uh, an older man give his opinion on things he couldn't possibly understand. Dylan Seven, I, I'd like to think that Dylan Seven is, uh, that you're a, a cyborg of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that you live in space in a module somewhere and that your name is Dylan Seven and that you can pose this question um, using one of the thirty-five thousand languages that you speak. At what point you write you at ML
1: port
0: you at dot I am Dylan. I am quite human. I am not allowed by act of omission or by any sort of direct contact to harm a human being. She's a little upset there was that. Cyborg on the last side. Crazy. I prefer the term artificial human. What was a... well, it? That that series always was a little twitchy (laughs) Just stay away from me, Bishop (laughs) Fucking good movie, that one Hey, Vasquez, anyone ever mistake you for a man? (laughs) No, you? (laughs) Vasquez runs an underwear store in L.A. It's part of the excitement. I told you to come to California. you fucking dig it. It's warm. There's burritos and shit.
1: Yeah. Fajitas
0: and whatnot. Burritos. Yeah, burritos. They're fun. They're good. It's like a kebab, but you're outside and there's avocados and shit. And there's rarely a fight after. So when you have a kebab here, you've got to be ready to duck because it's punch a bottle of you know a bottle of punch it's gonna be thrown you gotta be able but in california you eat the burrito and then you go fuck that was cool <laughs> this shasta og is blowing my mind man <laughs> but <Ba-da-da>. i'm outstanding <sniffs> that if you're in my car dylan seven asks human <laughs> how you would vote on the
1: referendum <laughs>
0: which Star Trek episode was it when they're all together and the babble and the people have the silver the lamest aliens in all of TV history the only thing that distinguishes them is they have pig noses and silver antennae and blonde hair I forget which fucking episode that is but Saurak's in it and shit and he goes up Vulcan I would have Vulcan because people from crude planets speak like barky dog animals People from sophisticated planets are always like, welcome to our world. We, are no long, we no longer have penises. We have flaming, swirling balls of pure energy that conjugate with one another. Here, try this. It's called slam juja. Put it under your eyelid. But the people from the crass planets, it!" We cannot use salutations. We merely cry the race you are. I would I would know how you would vote. How I will vote is my own concern. He asks, Dylan 7 asks. Where are the other Dylans? I'd like to know that. Where's Dylan 1 through 4? What the fuck happened to them, Dylan? They're gone now, Greg. There's no more Dylan 1 through 4. There's only Dylan 7 and potential Dylans of the future. I want Dylan 11. (laughs) What is Dylan 7? One day all Dylan 7s must
1: die.
0: What is the coolest kind of bug in the world? You can tell a seven-year-old Reddit, it, because what is the coolest kind of bug? Not what is the coolest bug in the world, what's the coolest kind of bug? Uh, wow, well that's an easy one. The ladybug. Yay! Or as we call them here on the island, so that no one freaks out and shit, I know how you people are. If you see the word mom in print, you have to change it to mum. <laughs> the lady bird Uh, because they have awesome little spots and they fly around and they're very fruity and delicious and I mean the color they they have the apple color and they have little black spots and they let you uh, hold them they'll crawl on you and they don't bite you or fucking lay eggs on you or or grow up your thing and then you have to you know there's that bug that's goes up your urine tract and then lives inside you, which I don't even believe, by the way. I have read about that so many fucking times. If you go to the Amazon, there's a bug that comes up your urine tract and goes inside you while you're, no, there isn't a fucking bug. Yeah, someone's gonna correct me. I'll get an email for that one, I know I will. I work in the Center for Disease Control, in the Vector 5 division. My name is Dylan10CC7-14. There is indeed a urine-climbing bug. <laughs> well, that bug's the uncoolest bug, okay? Because any bug that crawls up my urine to live inside me has got a surprise coming. Because <laughs> I have amaze balls, and they will fucking extrude your fucking bug back into the fucking swamp, you bug, urine-climbing bug. <sighs> Ladybugs are cool, scarabs are cool, but they gather a big ball of feces, so, I don't think, as a pet. mm. Other bugs are just scary, and other bugs I can do without entirely. Uh, But thank you, Dylan, for your question, what is the coolest kind of bug? Um, And then, Marcin, 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 M, anybody, M-A-R-C-I-N, Marcin? Yeah. Ma- Very definitive from over in the corner here. He went, Marcin. And I went, really? And he went, yes. Yeah. I got the Oliver Hardy answer. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> is, it, is it a particular nationality, the name Marcin? Latvian? Bullshit! <laughs> Fuck with me. Latvian. Yeah, Latvian. Yeah, Marcin sounds so Latvian, doesn't it? Uh, I've never been to Latvia, but I, uh... But I kinda like the music. Marcine, uh, Marcin asks, how do we know it's not Marc-I-N? <laughs> you know what? Maybe they pronounce their name with every letter. Maybe it's M-A-R-C-I-N, and that's how you say their fucking name. <laughs> I was going to change my name to Blang34. <laughs> Grand, Ra- Ra- Grand Raja Gregory L. Proops, <coughs> what is your favorite daydream? the fuck are you doing in my daydream, kittens?
1: I was taking a pee
0: and a bug climbed up my urine. I'm hiding in your subconscious. I have many daydreams. Uh, I wish that I was in New York in the 20s so that I could see Babe Ruth play baseball. Uh, I know, because um, if you've ever seen a film of Babe Ruth, uh, he's often shown as a fat person, but he wasn't when he started, he was uh, left-handed, and he played a catcher for his uh, high school, well, his, he went to a boys' prison, who's him and who. Uh, Babe Ruth was, was fighting and drinking and throwing rocks at policemen when he was five years old. He was incarcerated from seven till about eighteen or nineteen. And he learned to play baseball in the child's prison that he went to. We call them industrial schools.
1: <laughs>
0: you know how in England here you take all the pretty women and put them in a prison till ever, or whatever? Uh, and the crowd goes quiet. You fucking did, okay? Or maybe that was Ireland, but whatever. Uh, Remember how you had workhouses and debtor's prison and shit like that in case people owed money to the rich? They were thrown in jail summarily. And in the United States, we'd take orphan boys and incorrigible people and put them in boys' prison. And Babe Ruth, uh, awesomely, oh, then he got older and he, he would drink mad beer and whiskey and eat hot dogs and shit like that. And he, he evidently would do things like on the club. There's a phone in the clubhouse in the 20s, right, where they dressed, right? There was one of these phones, right? And he'd jing jing. And he would say on the phone, if you're not gonna fuck, I don't even wanna meet, okay? That was one thing he would say. And then another thing Babe Ruth would say at parties is, anyone who doesn't wanna fuck can leave right now. So, he was awesome, (laughs) And He hit mad home runs, and theoretically, or uh, 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 legendarily, uh, and he pointed, right, in the 1932 World Series. He was pretty fat then. They traded a guy. There was a lot of rancor going on. They are playing in Chicago at Wrigley Field, and Babe Ruth went like that, right? I'm mean, going to hit a homer. Well, you can see the film, because there's a home movie of it, if you can fucking believe this. Someone was taking a home movie in 1932, and he goes like that, and he, and he points at that. The pitcher always said he didn't point at him. The pitcher was named Charlie Root, and he said, if he pointed at me, I'd have put him on his ass, right? And they'd throw in the next pitch right at his head. And in any case, this is the best part of Babe Ruth. little debutante's ankles as Hayward Broome. And then he'd step forward, step again, and then bang, hit a home run, right? The bat went straight up, and then when he ran, it was like this. every film you see of Babe Ruth, it looks like he's running like a little, like a little nippy, like that. That I would have given anything to see. Also, of course, I would have liked to have gone back to the nineteen thirties and seen Satchel Paige pitch against uh, all the um, all the other Negro League players. I would have given anything to be at like the nineteen forty-one East-West All-Star Game to see Paige and Gibson and Buck Leonard and and all the great excuse me black players that played then. Those are two of my daydreams. I also daydream that I would be in um, like Alexander the Great's army, maybe not like Alexander, but just because he was so short. Um, <laughs> but maybe one of the others, when they came into Persepolis and they saw the entire city with fucking Mazda painted on the wall and the giant bearded figures of the lion people and everything and incense burning everywhere and chicks dancing around and fucking figs and whatnot and pomegranates and that would have been fucking wild that's a good daydream that I have sometimes I also, uh thank you, I also no one else has that daydream, am I the only, okay apparently I am, hey Greg, that's kind of freaky and shit, I was thinking more like, like Scarlett Johansson bent over and I saw her dress. <laughs> I, I don't dream that low. That's not a daydream. That's like just looking at a magazine or something. Um, I think going on, um, uh, on the Beatles' first tour might have been unbelievable. I think seeing something like the Magic Flute the first time it played might have blown your fucking mind. I think being here at the Globe Theatre when Shakespeare put on one of his plays might have been an insane experience because then you could have gone across the way and watched a bull fight a fucking bunch of dogs (laughs) or a bear be eaten by fucking you know, or or one dog fight a million rats or some horrible shit, the kind of fun that you guys got up to in those days. I don't daydream about that part as much. Uh, I would have liked to have seen uh, um, Eleanor Deuce or, or Sarah Bernhardt perform uh, I daydream about that kind of thing. Um, I would have liked to have gone uh, to the Cotton Club in Harlem uh, in, in the late 20s when uh, Duke Ellington was the band leader and then he was followed by Cab Calloway as the band leader to see uh, that hot jazz. Um, I think of lots of different. Um, uh, those are some of my favorite. Oh, it was what is your favorite daydream? I gave you four. Oh, fuck it. That was so many. <laughs> No, the time is not right
1: <laughs>
0: Earth is not ready for us We cannot make our move yet Wow, I didn't realize we were going to use the prison telephone here tonight <laughs> Uh, all right, that's enough of those questions. Uh, let's get to the Boring preachy part ever so quickly, but first let me explain where I'm going to be. Uh, by the time this plays, we'll have already been there, but I think I'm going to be in um, Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, then I'm going to be... Uh, December 19th we'll be back in Los Angeles uh, at the Cine family on Fairfax Avenue, another reason you should come to Fairfax Avenue. And yes, I said before on the show that Fairfax Avenue was written by two live Jews. It was not. It was, I believe it was Weird Al Yankovic. It, it was a par- parody of Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue as if rabbis had done it. And it goes like this. <laughs> we're gonna schlep down to the FX Avenue and then they will take it higher. <laughs> oh, we're gonna schlep down to Oh, no! Oh, no! It's not Fairfax Avenue. Uh, you, there's, a, there's a place called Canner's down the way where you can get a chocolate bupka or a racetrack and, or, and some uh, 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 kishka or... Um, uh, uh, um, kasha or, or, or uh, pastrami on rye whatnot, like, you know Jew food <laughs> Jew food which everybody eats or matzo brai listen, you laugh, but when you have ma- if I took you to LA and got you fucking high and then we went to a family bookstore and then we went over and had matzo brai, you'd be like oh fucking don't want to go back <laughs> good the rain a fall and the snow a rain and the fog of fall and the sun a fall and the seasons mix and the bag of tricks. I don't want to go back to London. Photographs <laughs> and fans to get your kicks at 66. I was the first of a new world, a snowflake. I thought the minutes flew away, the car and the dash, but you looked like empty. I don't wanna go to Jersey. Oh no, it does not move it. Even though I say it moves it. I don't wanna take you back. Uh, I could forgive him, but he won't shave now. He always wears a hat and he won't shave. Last redoubt of the fucking scoundrel. <laughs> We'll be at uh, the Cine family and we'll be playing uh, the Leslie Hughes Immortal classic as written by Charles Dickens as performed by Albert Finney, uh, Scrooge, the musical not Scrooge with Bill Murray, but Scrooge the musical from the 70s. Is everything in the 70s with you? Yeah, I cried when I saw it when I was little and I'm gonna fucking cry when I watch it again this year. I'm gonna get high and I'm gonna fucking cry. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna sing the wrong songs. I'm gonna be like, my friend the doctor says the world is... well that's Dr. Doodle you asshole like that when too. do. <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, at the 30th of the, at, the, at the end of the year at the 30th night before New Year's we'll be at the punchline in San Francisco. we'll be at the punchline all week in San Francisco uh, but we'll be doing the podcast the podcast uh, the podcast uh, that night um, and then uh, we'll be going to Sacramento which is this, the capital of the state of California and and uh, that's about all you can say, really. It's okay. Sacramento's all right. It has its moments. The fucking Mexican food's off the hook. And that's what I'll be eating when I'm there. And then and we'll be in New York at the uh, Bell House in Brooklyn on the 19th of Jan. And then we'll be in Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha? I'm an old... Well, uh, I'm an old Kansas man myself. I was working at a state fair in Omaha, Omaha. Cut the bar loose, and the balloon went up on it. What did you do? I was petrified. <laughs> uh, we'll be at the uh, Holland Center for the Performing Arts. I have no idea why. It's the Holland Center. And then, that, yeah, that's right. It's a fancy performing arts center in Omaha. <laughs> yeah, really? Smell me all over Soho. <laughs> and then we'll be at the Laughing Skull Lounge in Atlanta, uh, Georgia, IA. If you've ever been to Georgia, IA, it's good fun. Um, the 10th of March will be there then. Uh, let's see the Levinson retort. This week has been a big week for uh, uh, Lord Justice Levinson has come out with a. As you may have been following, if you've read any newspapers or, or don't live in a fucking hamster house, um, you may have noticed a lot of things have happened in England with the press over the last year. Uh, many key figures like Rebecca Brooks and Sienna Miller. And uh, they were hassling Santa Miller, they were hassling Hugh Grant, there was horrible, horrible chicanery that went on in all the Fox News corps, they closed the news of the world. And yet, Rupert Murdoch walks free and is still a billionaire and does whatever the fuck he wants and tries to influence elections all over the fucking world. How about that? Isn't that funny? And yet, there's no free press. So there you go. Uh, the Levinson Report is coming out. Is it come out already? No, it's coming out. Yeah. It's out? Yeah. But they haven't made a decision on it, is what's going on, right? Cameron keeps waffling and wedging and hedging and snidging and snedging. Because on the one hand, you want to go, oh, there's a full, free, and complete press that can do whatever it wants and investigate wherever it does. And then on the other hand, you're going to go, we're going to put the fucking hammer down and make sure these bad things never happen again because no one would ever do anything bad if there was money involved. Uh, It's a very tricky uh, situation. In the United States, we haven't had a free press in... About 20 years, I'm guessing. It's, that's my recollection. When I was little, we had a president named... Um, um, ne- Neekson? <laughs> and uh, it was discovered that he had done all kinds of horrible things, dirty tricks and uh, bilkery and uh, flim flammery, tomfoolery and mountebankery, in order to regain re-election in 1972. This was brought to light, exposed, and he was eventually forced to resign uh, against the advent of being impeached. Then... Uh, After that happened, uh, reporters were considered intrepid, and they made a movie called All the President's Men that had Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman as a sexy pair of reporters. No one plays a reporter anymore that looks like Robert Redford, really. And no one expects reporters to have any fucking integrity whatsoever. Mostly because they don't, but a lot of them do. There's still some that do. Um, I don't think they work for giant news gathering corporations like Fox or Sky or CNN or anything like that. I don't think they allow investigative journalism in those instances, because if they did, corporations would have a fucking cow as soon as anything real got reported, like a small child with one eye was making a shoe yesterday when he keeled over from hunger. Now this, here's the weather. You know, women are clitorized all over the world and kept in suppression and sold everywhere. Now sports! (laughs) They don't want that. So uh, there is a free press up to a certain point. Uh, Should they be allowed to tap everyone's phone and shit like that? Clearly not. Should 10 Downing Street be in contact with them all the time? As my understanding is that David Cameron and Rebecca Brooks were in very frequent contact with one another, even though everyone's denied it and everyone's ran around the fucking mulberry bush a thousand fucking times. And David Cameron, to my way of thinking, is up to his ass in this thing as much as anyone fucking else is. And secondly, the internet is mentioned once in a 1,900-page report on freedom of the press as if the internet doesn't exist as an information source to Lord Justice Levinson absolutely staggering Um, what would you do, Greg? Well, we have a constitution in my country, unlike this fucking tyranny that you people are under. And... We're guaranteed freedom of the press, which doesn't mean shit. After the first Gulf War, they started embedding reporters. And embedding means you have to say what the government wants you to say, otherwise we're not gonna let you play. During Vietnam, uh, all of many famous reporters in the United States, Dan Rather, Peter Jennings, whoever you can think of... Uh, ...were out in the field, standing there, reporting on how the war was going poorly. Walter Cronkite, who was an anchor on CBS News in the United States in 1968, said... ...we're losing the war. He said it to the United States. We're losing the fucking war. And Nixon was watching and said, we've lost America and shit. When he saw Walter Cronkite, who was a corporate-paid CBS fucking reporter... ...say that, but Walter Cronkite had been in World War II as a field reporter... ...with Eric Severide and Edward R. and a bunch of other guys. So, that ethos is gone. Will it ever come back? Yes, because we have the internet... ...and because people are independent to do whatever they like. And I think that groups like Anonymous, and I think that groups like Occupy... ...and I think lots of different groups are trying to bring truth to light all the fucking time. Uh, if you read truthout.org in the United States, Amy Goodman, The War and Peace Report... Um, ...hear The Guardian... It actually sprinkles in facts occasionally into their newspaper, (laughs) along with things like, there's not enough women in the news, and then in the issue when they said there's not enough women in the news, there was hardly any women in that paper, but okay, (laughs) I get what you're going for. Uh, you want to make the press free uh, so that they can report on whatever is the truth but in the end the giant corporations that own uh, the papers and the, the entities that report the news and the government uh, are going to have something to say about it so I would say let's always look for alternative news sources and I don't know that this commission and this report is going to change anything the fact that he ignored the internet utterly is, uh, uh, blows my mind so much that I want to eat a banana on the tube <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was on a site called uh, politics.co.uk. Their politics are not particularly lefty in any way. Because I wanted to get some information. I typed in on my computer, booze price fixing. Because that's what's going to happen here in England. The government's considering it again. This is from uh, two days ago, Wednesday 28th November, from the politics.co.uk website. Headline, government announces alcohol pricing consultation, dot, dot, dot. Again. Uh, And the reporter's name, and I'm not kidding, is Ian Dunt. (laughs) So close. And yet so far. The government has taken further action on problem drinking. Okay, let's just stop right there. It's supposed to be news, right? That means... The, the, the defini- I don't have the definition of news in front of me, and I don't have a phone I can look it up on. But my guess is, the definition of news is supposed to be facts that are being gathered and then reported to you. Possibly facts that you don't already know. The fact that the government wants to fix the price of alcohol is not taking action on problem drinking. What that is, is controlling the people by raising the price of alcohol, which is some people's only entertainment. Uh, I realize there's problem drinking in England... I lived here. In those days, the pubs closed at 11 o'clock. I would do a gig at the Comedy Store in London, and I would run to the fucking minicab place because I didn't want to be killed by fucking drunks on the street here. So yes, England has a drinking problem. It's like Scandinavia if the Scandinavians knew how to fucking fight. But that sentence is so specious to me. It's not the government has taken further action on problem drinking. It's the government wants to fucking fix the price of booze. That's the headline. Uh, By once again announcing the same consultation it originally planned to hold during the summer. We'll skip down. Oh, Shadow Crime and Security Minister Diana Johnson said, It's classic smoke and mirrors from the home office. Okay, first of all, that's the worst metaphor ever fucking concocted. Smoke and mirrors are not classic in any way. Hey, look at those smoke and mirrors. That is fucking classic. (laughs) I can't tell what's what. My right hand doesn't know what my left hand's doing. Fucking, that's classic smoke and mirrors. I think you'll find deep purple said it best. (laughs) (laughs) And fire in the sky. Classic smoke and mirrors. They burn. Debate about levels needs to be based on evidence of what will work, but the government needs to make sure blah, blah, blah. The 10-week consultation will assess whether a minimum 45p per unit, that would be approximately mm, 37 cents in American money, I don't know what it is, figure it out wherever you're listening. Uh, 45p is almost half a pound uh, per unit. It would be about 40 40 euro cents, would it not? Somewhere in there? Uh, for alcohol would reduce problem drinking and help clean up disorder disorder on British high streets on weekend evenings. Problem drinking, but whether a minimum 45p per unit price for alcohol would reduce problem drinking and help clean up disorder on British high streets on weekend evenings. So, in other words, one beer, one glass of wine, one short fucking Jill or Gill or whatever the cock you call it, <laughs> that comes out of that horrible optic thing that you give of this much of hard alcohol... The minimum would be 45p, because grocery stores and superstores sell it for less. In my opinion, if you wish to contain social disorder on the streets of England, you might let some of the people who don't have any money have some. And you might tax people who are using offshore accounts to keep their vast riches in. You might make them pay taxes. Why is there social disorder? People are unhappy. Why are people unhappy? They don't have three squares. Why don't they have three squares? They don't have a fucking job. Why don't they have a job? There's no fucking jobs. Why are there no fucking jobs? Because all the jobs have been outsourced and moved to other places. Why have the jobs been outsourced and moved to other places? So that rich people who keep their money offshore don't have to spread any fucking money around or pay any taxes ever. It's not any different in the United States. We're always talking about controlling the population. and Oh my God, there's riots and people are going crazy and Negroes are shooting. (laughs) remember when Katrina happened and the whole story was black people are shooting yeah black people were fucking scared to death because there was no one to help them and nothing happened and no one showed up and they were fucking dying and floating away and shit like that when the riots happened here summer last in England uh, uh, David Cameron wasn't here and Boris Johnson wasn't here and I've said this before on the show but I'll repeat it because this is what news is and the freedom of the press I was listening to the BBC World News in Los Angeles with my wife and they said David Cameron rushed back to London. The riot started on Thursday, he came back on Sunday. What's your definition of rush? It will cause irritation in the drinks industry, but is more moderate than the 50p level planned in Scotland. 50p! You hear a lot messy. <laughs> a health committee report last week said the government was overly concerned with reducing disorder to the detriment of tackling the health problems of binge drinking. And this article is from May of this year. I wanted to go back because I started reading about it. Home Secretary Theresa May. Makes the case for the government's proposal to impose a minimum price of unit per alcohol, as this article alluded to. In the summertime, they were discussing it. They are now discussing it or consulting, rather, is the word? Consultation. They are taking consultation on this item again. Uh, The home secretary said in May, "Quote: Too many people think it's a great night out to get really drunk and have a fight in our streets." (laughs) Too many people. (laughs) Or, poor people that you don't want to fucking deal with, Home Secretary, uh? ah? Let's be real fucking honest about this. Rich people get rat-assed fucking drunk in their huge pile in the country and do all the coke they want and do horrible things to people brought in from other countries and then send them home bleeding and crying. (laughs) The paper doesn't report on that very much, does it? You don't see that as the lead story on Sky fucking News with someone standing in front of a wall of videos? And the crowd goes quiet. You don't think that fucking happens? It fucking happens. It fucking happens. Rich people do whatever the fuck they want and have abortions whenever they want and take all the fucking drugs they want because no one ever calls them on anything they fucking do. It's people without any money that have to get drunk on the street and fight each other. Rich people are allowed to do whatever they want whenever they fucking want. Remember that. What we need to do, I'm still quoting, is to set a price that is actually going to ensure that we don't damage responsible drinkers. Am I a responsible drinker? Mm. (laughs) Mmm. People who like a drink or two, fucking A. Who like going down to their local pub have nothing to fear from this policy. God, that makes my fucking alcohol-laden blood boil. It's like when they go... We're going to search everyone, and we're going to stick our hand up your ass, and we're going to fucking take x-rays of your pudenda. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Go to the bathroom. We're scared. No, don't be scared. Will you you bring me back a vodka? (laughs) Thank you, darling. waiting till they come back That blonde girl got up at the very moment I said X-ray RP Dende. And I don't think it escaped the audience's notice that she was wearing a diaphanous blouse She got up like fucking Stevie Nicks all of a sudden She looked like Kate Blanchett in the fucking Hobbit movie or whatever Singing, oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> Rihanna rings like a bell in the night, and wouldn't she love to love her? Takes to the sky like a bird and plaid, and who are you
1: laughing me?
0: People who are like going down to the pub to have a drink or two I have nothing to fear. What if I want to get wrapped? fucking asked and sang at the top of my voice and shit and walked down the street going, roll out the barrels we'll have a barrel of fun roll out the barrels we got the blues on the run. What do I want to do that? Am I a threat to fucking order? Order's so important, isn't it? Uh, But what we want to do, this is still a quote from Theresa May, is affect the cheapest end of alcohol. Those sorts of offers that enable people to really do this, and this is in extra quotes with inside the quotes, pre-loading. So many people now just get drunk at home before they go out. Honey, honey, honey. So many people always. <laughs> Teresa... Were you never a teenager? <laughs> Did you never go to university? Were you never young at any point in your life? I don't know what your jam was uh, that you got dressed to in high school. People are different ages here and shit. So I guess if you're in your 30s, I, I don't know what you fucking put on your like. I wanna live with the common people. <laughs> Whatever, alright? You know, I don't know. I don't know what you listen to. Here. I'm taking you, I'm trying to take you a few years back, right? For me, I'd put on uh, uh, David Bowie. Uh, uh, the return of the thin white duke Blowing dots in lover's eyes And then... <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? The magical moment, right? Everybody has their jam they listen to. If you were a teenager here in the 90s and shit, it might have been... Uh, Today is going to be the day they put it all back in and all that shit. Whatever. Uh, uh, you, surely, uh, Ms. Teresa, Secretary May, uh, you preloaded. We've all preloaded. When bars closed at 11 p.m. here, there was no way you could go out without preloading because you weren't going to get it, your swerve on. If you got to the bar at 9.30, your swerve, yeah. I believe, and I've said this before on the show, when Heath Ledger OD'd in Mary-Kate Olsen's apartment in New York, uh, the Olsen twins said it best, swerves do not get themselves on. You have got to fucking get your swerve on. So, (laughs) let me ask you this. If you go to see a Rolling Stones show, not now, but 15 years ago, and Keith isn't drunk and high and smoking cigarettes through the whole show. Do you think Keith preloaded before the show? Or do you think he went, oh, we've got a show tonight. <laughs> Fucking I better have some toast. <laughs> and then when the show started, oh, I think I'll just have a half upon a pint soda. <laughs> a lot of really cool people preloaded, Secretary May. Before Bob Marley went on stage, before Toots and the Maytals went on stage, they smoked a joint the size of Usain Bolt's thigh.
1: <laughs>
0: There's no way you can get it that, to that level. Louis Armstrong, his entire career, would smoke jays before he went on stage and played. I mean, you've got to preload, because otherwise you're just there. No one wants to show up at the bar sober and go, well, I'll have an elderberry water. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? I'm gonna have a rum in black. <laughs> King to night three.
1: <laughs>
0: so to enable people to really do this preloading. so many people now just get drunk at home before they go out. So many people always got drunk at home before they went out, including some of the greatest English artists of all time. Um, Malcolm Lowry, who wrote Under the Volcano, preloaded. And that's what causes the problems in our town centres. No, what causes the problem in the town centre is the inequity between those who have and those who have not. And I think you'll find that that causes all the problems in all societies. The reason why there's human trafficking, the reason why there's slavery, the reason why there's all these things is because the rich have all the money and the rest of us don't have any fucking money. And that's why there's problems in our town centre. Um, Cutting, raising the price of alcohol 5p or whatever, so that it's 45p a unit, is both (coughs) cru... Where's Galadriel? She's got vodka. Galadriel? Where are you? Uh, They're the people causing the mayhem, she said. Well, why don't you just say it? People who have bad dental care and are poor are causing the mayhem. Why not just fucking say it straight out and shit? I mean, why dance around it and stuff? If you raise the price of alcohol, does that affect people with money at all? (laughs) No. People with money aren't fucking drinking tenants or fucking Stella Artois, right? They have a gallon jug of Chambord with an IV that goes directly into their liver and they have a dwarf with coke on its head. A coke dwarf, like in the song by Mark Allman. Coke dwarf. (laughs) Fuck you, government. Exactly.
1: Is it? Is it Galadriel?
0: Oh, you angel. Did you not bring your boyfriend a drink? Sorry, dude. Just because I call you up Don't get me wrong, don't think you God got it, made Well, she wants the money now. Did you pay for this? Thank you, my precious love. Uh, All right, let's do some questions and then we'll fuck off into the night. We've had a long show. I can tell because women are having to get up and go to the bathroom. That's not my intention ever. Joe, do you have the microphone back there? Yep, right here. Uh, Turn the house lights up a little bit. Just a little. I I detest light. If anyone has a question, uh, let's do some questions and then we'll go. Here, Joe, find someone with a question there. I know what your question is. Where's my fucking drink? It's back at the bar. <laughs> wow. Galadriel got me a drink and not you one. Hi, Greg. Hi, um, Darling. What's your name? Guglia. Julia? No, it's like Julia, but with a hard G. W- What'd you say? Guglia. Sorry, I'm deaf as opposed. Guglia? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, awesome. Guglia. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Um, in Greg Proop's The Movie, uh, which. Accent- I love that movie. Oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fucking cool it's the Holsteins. That's the beginning of Greg Preeps the movie. In and then Greg the theme Proops song the plays. It's a funny proposition. When the poop dog came to play, one, two, three, four. Ah, nah, 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 nah. Go on. Uh, in Greg preached the movie, uh, which I actor love that movie. movie. My favorite <laughs> one. Greg, it's too big, I can't let you enter me. They always say that. That's why I brought this special propenator along. What about Paul? Outstanding cup. Girl, you knock me out. So did you finish? I don't think we're gonna be able to heist this bank. Don't think we're gonna be able to. That's because your plan is shit. Wheels! Get in here. <laughs> How long do you think we can take from the entrance to the exit? 45 seconds top, Root Dog. You heard him. Fort- <laughs> Curls, where have you been? <laughs> yes, what's your question, Goliath? Um Which actor, male or
1: female, dead or alive, would play Greg Preeps?
0: Oh, golly. Well, I'd like to read for it. <laughs> <clears throat> my, my, name's, my name's Greg Proust. <laughs> <laughs> Reading for the part of Greg Proust. Fuck. Satchel Page. Ning nee, ning nee, ning. Nee. Funk music. Ning 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 Oh, I'm so high. I'm so dizzy and shit. Ning ning ning. My dick is so big. Ning nee, 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 nee. Oh, fuck you, the government and whatnot. Ning nee, ning nee, ning. Nee. rich people suck. Ning 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 ning. Am I in the light? Uh, listen, Greg. Uh, that was terrific. Thanks for coming by. We have to see everyone else in L.A., uh, if you don't mind. I I don't think I got the part in my own movie. I think to play me, Charlize Theron, (laughs) my mother would be played by the immortal Walter Brennan. God damn it, you're doing fool, there you are, smoking dope again. Soundtrack by 10CC. (laughs) He keeps his (laughs) poop-wad. Oh. Are you really on your phone in the front row and you think I can't see you? You better be live-tweeting. Oh, you are live-tweeting, okay. Let me dictate. At first, I was astounded. <laughs> Once I was afraid, I was petrified. Thank you, Julia, for your question. Any other questions? A couple more and then we'll blow. Really? You fucking guys, all right. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. What's your name, bro? Hey, Greg, I'm Carl. Carl? Carl, nice to meet you, man. Nice I'm from to meet you. Newcastle, I emailed you yesterday. Remember? Yeah. Yes? Good, we're good. Right. I've been to Newcastle. Yeah? It's good, it's cold. Very. From yeah, very. From all-time British monarchy baseball team. Hey. Curious Ooh, to know. that's a toughie, Fucking <laughs> cut me to the quick here. <laughs> really put it on me. Okay, what was your name? Carl. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, managing... Uh, I, I think you have to have Elizabeth the First because her dick was so fucking big. Uh, she's the manager at first base. I've got Henry the Eighth because uh, he was huge and a, and a great athlete before he got comped in the head. Um, at second base, I'm putting um, just because I love the name so much. Ethel the Unready. <laughs> Uh, I have no reason for that, really. Uh, Henry the Confessor at shortstop. Because, again, you got to be able to handle hot balls. <laughs> That's Edward the Confessor. Sorry, Edward the Confessor. That's short. Uh, at third base, we're going to put... Um, oh, I'm going to Kobayashi Maru your ass and put... Mary, Queen of Scots, a third. <laughs> uh, she was six feet tall, yeah, yeah. and she could handle the hot corner. Uh, yes, yeah, she could. Uh, I'm putting uh, Charles the First out in left because uh, he is executed if they lose the game. <laughs> in center field. <laughs> Uh, no, we'll come back to center field. Let me go to right field. Uh, who's your rightest king? Let's put... Um, <laughs> so many kings and so few queens. That's what's disappointing about all y'all. It, there was that pair, right? There was William and Mary, but that's a bit disappointing. Oh. King George. Yeah, George. There's many Georges. Oh, that's a good call. Let's put uh, George III out in right, because he'll be talking to the birds and shit like that after <laughs> <out there. laughs> And center field, um, you know who I'm going to put in center? I'm going to put Elizabeth's dad, George. Is he five? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: maybe. You fucking English people. (laughs) Don't you even know the numbers of your kings? I'm fucking up here doing English kings and you're just staring at me, you illiterate fucking monkeys. He's George five. Because he took over, six, six. He took over for uh, Eddie, Eddie Windsor. And Eddie Windsor is an incalculable... Really, you did a good thing by getting rid of Eddie Winter. He is not someone to admire. Um, and, uh, and, and George stayed, and, and, and then he, you know, his, his, uh, his Queen Mary and all that, and, and she could really fucking drink. So I'm making, I'm making Mary the vendor. <laughs> She'll be selling the booze and the stems. Because she made it to 102, was it? Uh, and then, let's see, on the mound, on the hill, as we say... Um, Wheeling, and we've got what we got left. We got pitcher and catcher. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing you were, bro. Hey. <laughs> uh, the catcher has to uh, uh, direct the game, and the catcher has to be canny, and the catcher has to call all the pitches, and the catcher has to play defense. Richard the Lionhearted spoke French. Never fucking came to England except for a short time and tried to sell the fucking palace to the French. (laughs) I'm putting him at catcher. (laughs) That would be your hero, Richard the Lionhearted, who went to the Crusades and shit and then was captured and they had to pay a huge fucking ransom for him. And as far as I can tell, hated England (laughs) in every way. And that's why it's awesome to have him catching. Uh, And then, where do I put Elizabeth? Oh, I already have her... And then you know who I'm gonna put on the mound? Uh, fucking Elizabeth II, baby, because yes! they're forever and ever. Where's Victoria? Uh, taking tickets. Where's Henry the Seventh? Uh, where's Richard II? Richard the uh, Third is the mascot and they rub his hump for good luck. <laughs> this has been the smartest man in the world, proofcast. Thank you very much for coming out. You've been the lovely starting to be a lot